Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. And every week, we explore America's national parks through its trails. And right now, we are exploring Haleakala National Park on Maui in the islands of Hawaii. But we have an announcement to make. Tell us about it, Mike. Right. So right now, we're exploring one of our past adventures in a national park, but we are about to be physically exploring a current adventure as we return to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia to hike for two days. We are so excited. We are. We have. We went to Shenandoah three years ago. Ooh, it's been a while now, yeah. Some time ago. We spent a day in Shenandoah and we quickly realized we have so much more time to spend in Shenandoah. Yeah. There's so much more to see. There's yeah. so many more trails to hike in Shenandoah. Yeah. So we are headed back to do those things. We're going to post on our social media, which is the one that we use most often is Instagram at Mm -hmm. Gaze at the National Parks. And then everything else from Instagram gets pushed onto Facebook and Twitter. Yep. But we're going to post exactly which trails we're going to do one month days. And um, we've actually had some people reach out to say like, hey, I'd love to like hike the trail with you if if you guys are doing it. And um, we are totally open to this. So if you want to join us, let us know. Yep, that is coming up. We're going to be heading out um, November 7th and 8th. And then we'll be in D.C. on the 9th and 10th. A little Mason-Dixon line Southern adventure here. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Exciting indeed. And now let's dive back into Haleakala National Park. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there We're in Haleakala National Park in Maui. On the previous episode, we talked about the long journey it took us to get to Maui mm-hmm. from where we were that morning on Big Island, Hawaii. Yes, an exhaustingly long journey. Exhaustingly long journey. Mm-hmm. And then we are doing this trail in Haleakala that requires you to leave a car down at like the bottom of the trail and then hitchhike your way up to the summit so that you can start the trail and walk all the way back down to your car. Right. 
And the way that we ended up getting there was we met these two women named Casey and Carrie, who were both there that day to hike the same trail we were going to hike, which is the Sliding Sands Trail. Mm -hmm. And we both had cars. So we left one car down at the bottom and all four of us got into another and headed up to the top of the summit. And we all headed off on this trail together. So far, what have we seen on the trail? So, so far, we've mostly just been doing descent and really just staring into the vastness that is the crater of Haleakala. We were able to see a lot of distant things basically become a little clearer as we got closer and further down. We also were seeing, and this is something we didn't mention, but it's going to play a really big part in this episode. We were seeing a lot of weather change and a lot of clouds shifting. For the most part, a pretty sunny start to our day. But very swiftly, as we were hiking, clouds were rolling in and over walls within the crater. And that was something that we weren't really anticipating as a part of our hike, but it quickly became that in this part of the hike in this episode. So the hike in total is a 13-mile hike. We had hiked four miles up until this point. Mm -hmm. We had hiked entirely downhill, and we had finally made our way to this junction Mm -hmm. where we could either continue on the Sliding Sands Trail or go to the left, which is what the park ranger advised, and continue on this other trail for 1.6 miles before we got to our next juncture. Right. And that is what we decided to do. We turned left, And we looked into what we called in the last episode, the land of Maleficent's evil Mm -hmm. that is like headed toward her castle. Mm -hmm. It was dark. It was all like craggy craters on the ground. There was steam rolling over them. It honestly looked like we were about to like embark into evil territory. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think we made a lot of Return to Oz references in this moment. Probably. When don't we? When don't we? Right. Right. Pick me up. Pick me up. (laughs) Yeah. So this was interesting because as we're walking, we are literally starting to walk into this cloud. So this cloud had basically rolled over the top peaks of the crater and had started to kind of roll down into the lower part of the crater where we were hiking. So we're entering into this fortress of evil, as Dusty has said, um, or what looks like that. And it really did set the scene. It was very eerie. That's the one thing I do remember. Oh, They're just so being eerie. this very eerie feel to everything. I didn't feel like unsafe, but it just set that sort of like scene of this really incredibly dark Dark sand, dark rock, and very kind of twisted looking rocks in some ways. There was a like a wall of mist and a wall of cloud that was just coming at us. So that made for like really interesting landscape as we were hiking. The trail was still really clear though, which is such an important thing because there weren't a lot of trail markers, but there were really clear signage when something needed to happen or change. There were very clear signs. Mm-hmm. And at this time, the trail was relatively flat. Right. We had descended for those four miles Mm -hmm. and then we were lucky to be on this flat surface for a while right now not flat entirely it's rocky at times but we're essentially walking through yeah like craggy flat rocky areas Mm -hmm. now something that i thought was really fascinating about where we were right now was while we were walking into Maleficent's Fortress of Evil, <laughs> yeah. over to the right is like beautiful, picturesque, green yeah. landscape. Mm-hmm. And you are seeing both of them at the same time. Like you're looking down the trail, seeing Maleficent's Sanctuary. And then over to the right, you're seeing just lush, green, like sweeping hills that look like they are there for the rainforest. Mm-hmm. The clouds were just like slightly, just like hovering over them for a moment. But I took a panoramic picture that looks like two different worlds side oh, yeah. by side. Yeah. And you can see the trail off to the left that we're headed and then the lush green landscape over to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really this very clear split between the two spaces but it was still super interesting to do what we were doing and it was despite the fact that it looked very like dark and chaotic and 
not welcoming. It was still a very different trail than we've been on before. And I thought it was so much fun. Yeah. I do have to say, going to the restroom on that trail, that was hard. Because it's just so exposed. Right. So there were occasionally tall piles of rocks where, like, we would be like, okay, I'm running up here and I'm going to go behind this rock. And it was like, you know, you just have yeah, to do what you got to do. Because life happens, folks. Oh, life happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. So after hiking a little while on the trail, it, we do start to come to, like, more of an ascent. So, so there's a clear uphill moment that happens right um, as you're finishing this next leg of the trail, which is 1.6 miles, to finish that like uh, last part of this leg, you have to go. You have to go up, right? And in order to do that, you're going up the side of Kamoa Opele, which is, I guess, a tiny peak. Yeah, in the middle of this crater. As you make your way up, you kind of have to like walk up. And then you like veer off to the right. And then there's like some switchbacks right there to bring you essentially to a taller, like more elevated area. Mm-hmm. Now, as you're doing that, there's this other path. Off it was to like the right. a desire path. It was basically. like a desire path that people had done. But that desire path was so steep. Yeah. It was also what I had noticed. There were a few desire paths that we had seen at other points, but and this is the case in other national parks too, they were blocked off by rocks. So it was clearly like someone had done this, but the park system had come back in and was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not the way you're supposed to go. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were barked They like had like just like a rock border like along the edge, like of where the path jut off would be or where the fork would have been. So it really did try to keep you and force you on this part of the path. And that's important, obviously, there are so many reasons to stay on a path. Safety for yourself is one of them. And safety for the wildlife and the natural landscape around you. You don't know what the park system is trying to do with that space. If they're trying to regrow something. If you are going to actually hinder that growth or cause a potential pathway for water that was never there before. It's just stay on the trails, basically. And sometimes those trails are for animals. Right. Like horses or things like that. Exactly. We make our way up around this. We went up those switchbacks. They were a little tiring. Mm-hmm. And then it flattened out again. Mm-hmm. And so we're on some nice flat stuff. But now we're like between a couple of like peaks. Yeah. We keep going. And then we basically have to make this really sharp left. So as we're hiking to when we make that sharp left, you know, we come to a juncture before that sharp left. And it's clear that the path goes in two other ways from that point. We're looking at the map and it looks like you can kind of circumnavigate this other peak in the park and get to the same place we would be going if you wanted to tack on a little extra time. But there really wasn't any reason for us to do that. And also, again, keeping in mind that we're being considerate of other people we're hiking with, we do that sharp left. But as we come to the point where those trails would re, you know, reconnect at the other side, we do see that other people are kind of coming like around the bend there and yes. coming down this like peak of the mountain. Some other people inside. had gone the other direction. Mm-hmm. It was also right there where we saw there was like that stone, that little round stone hut house. Yeah. So there was this like jut off that you could basically walk out onto and it looked like it was like a stone hut, but it looked like it was just made from magma. There was like a window inside. But again, this is all like naturally formed. This was not man-made as far as we can tell or as far as it looks like. Um, so that was kind of neat. We spent a little bit of time kind of walking around that before we got back on the path and then headed back out. And there was like a desire path to that too. And we were like, oh, that looks cool. But it was blocked off. And then we actually ended up winding our way around and getting there anyway. Yeah, so we sometimes, did. guys, it just pays to just wait. Just wait. Stay yeah. on the trail. Yeah. We do finally make it to this new juncture. And now we are about to head into another two-mile leg of the trail. Mm-hmm. And with that, let's take our first break. It's time for a game, Dusty. Ooh. What game are we playing today? (laughs) We're going to play a game that we played a lot while we were hiking 
in Haleakala, and it's a game that we actually got Casey and Carrie to play with oh us as God. well. Oh my God, we were all playing by the we end of that. We were all playing, and that game is one letter change, and it's a game that was originally introduced in Jeopardy, and it I was. hated it. It was, you hated it. It was. It. We have to give credit where it's due Gloria. to Gloria, which is my mom. She mm-hmm. called me and she was like, you need to do this. Yeah. So now it's, it's a game we play all the time on the I trail. I love it, I do. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, my one letter change okay. is... To sell spiced ham faultily. To scam spam? Yes. Yeah. It's a spam scam. A spam scam. It's a spam scam. All right. Mine is a false building material often used for fireplaces. Trick brick? That's correct. (laughs) I have another one. Okay. You ready for another one? A group of cows with acid reflux. A GERD herd. Correct. <laughs> I personally recently found out that I have GERD. Uh-huh. Just basically just like you have acid reflux all the time. Mm-hmm. Mine got really bad and I didn't know what it was. And yeah, then I called my family and they're like, oh yeah, all of us have GERD. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. We all have that. This glad that we is all know that. your life. This is your life. <laughs> and that is one letter change. So after kind of meeting that juncture point and seeing these other people come from around the bend, we are hiking again on a little bit more of flat ground. And we're back to this black sand and a lot of these craggy black rocks around us. It's still incredibly misty. And so it's just kind of rolling through. These clouds are just kind of rolling through the field as we're walking through. And some of the rocks do kind of look like Sandrip Castle. That's one thing I do remember. Like looking They looked at. very much like Sandrip yeah. Castle. So if we're talking about the legs of this trail, yeah. the first leg would be all those the sliding sands. Mm-hmm. The second leg would be the Fortress of Evil. Yeah. <laughs> and then this leg would be essentially like the extension of the Fortress of Evil. <laughs> and, right. um, it, or we'll just call it Sandrip Castles. Yeah. So, yes, leg three is Sandrip Castles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That occasionally throughout, there was a little more green vegetation. Yeah, eventually that does start to pop up. Like we get past all this like black sand and black rock and eventually everything sort of changes. It's much browner. We do start to see some green vegetation here and there. It's also a little less like mist rolling in our faces and the clouds are kind of just in the distance at this point, Mm -hmm. but we're still very much in them. There was this one spot that we passed. It was literally like a crater in like an open hole in the mm-hmm. ground. Yeah. It was like, well, don't want to get stuck in there. No, 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 no. And eventually we are hiking a little bit more. The people that had come around the bend are behind us. They're further back, but we're still like a pretty decent ways away from them. And we come to this juncture that is an additional little loop that we can do. And it's the silver sword loop is what it's called. And the silver swords, as we had described in the earlier episodes, are a plant. They are all over Haleakala and they do look like swords. They Um, look like curved silver blades mm-hmm. like swords yeah all coming to make sort of like orb like shape yeah and sometimes they have this blooming flower that grows out yeah the center it's top pretty of incredible them. and there were a lot of them that were also like at this point dead um or had died on the trail as well they kind of are like almost look like a yucca or a yucca however you would pronounce it but much smaller and like the blades are thinner as well i have to say like as someone who I love plants and when we you know when I go into like a store and I want to get a plant like I often touch a plant to sort of see how it feels Mm -hmm. we should not be doing that with these silver swords because they are growing in the wild this is their wild space and I know that touching them feels like some you know intuitive to do but it's probably not the best idea yeah For a variety of reasons. But this loop wasn't that long and it was like actually just really nice. It wasn't that there was a, I would say like a preponderance of silver swords, but there were a lot more than we had seen everywhere else. Right. And we, I believe, encountered, um, now we're starting to encounter some trail runners who are running. There was one trail runner that was running that loop Mm -hmm. as we were walking through. But there are tons of silver swords all over the place on this loop, and it's a lovely little jut out. We complete the silver sword loop, and that adds maybe, I don't know, 0.2 miles onto the loop. It wasn't it's much. Not a big it's deal. not a big deal. And we continued walking toward the next juncture, which is 
entitled Holua, and it's the cabin in a campsite. But mm-hmm. there's still like some, we still have like, like another mile to walk before we get to this campsite. And as we're walking, the people behind us are starting to sort of like filter through and pass around us. Right. These were mostly college dudes, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. College or older. It looked college like it could have been older. a bachelor party, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But the biceps were out. Yeah. And they looked great. Yes. Yes. They did. Well done, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> they did their bicep around. crawls. That's right. Yes, they did. We're also in the section. I think we stopped at some point and like snacked a little bit. Like, even if it was just like, pass me a bar, we'll keep walking and like have a granola bar. But here's where you get a lot more of that green vegetation coming back in. It's starting to yeah, it's show up really again. Really starting to pick up. Um, and this is actually where we're first seeing like a lot of it in you know, a very concentrated area because up until this point, like the silver swords were dotting the trail here and there, but really nothing else other than things that were far in the distance. So now we're kind of amongst what looks to be like, you know, different sorts of, they almost kind of look like they could be uh, rhododendrons or like plants of that ilk. There's also looking like there's some evergreens or conifer type things in this section too. And it's still kind of rocky, craggy, and very cloudy as we're walking out in this section. Now, all through this, I remember like I we would put on our jackets because suddenly it would get cold. Yeah. And then suddenly it would rain. But then it would stop raining after like two minutes. And then the like the sun would come out and then it would be hot and the jackets were off again. Yeah. I was in um my my hiking vest. Yes. The one I love the most. <laughs> I was in my hiking vest this day. Suddenly it was cold. So, you know, it was just like, I'm glad I had the layers. And that's what they do recommend to um, on the maps and everything. It's like bring layers, bring plenty of water, make sure that you have sunscreen because things do change pretty rapidly out there. As we keep going, we're starting to get grass on the trail now. Yeah. Too. So the campsite and up into the campsite, it was just that sort of like dark volcanic rock plus some greenery Mm -hmm. after the campsite then the landscape changes again and now it feels like we are just in fields yeah i mentioned at this time stings fields of gold Mm -hmm. because that's what it sort of looks like yeah it just looks like fields of gold for miles however there was more fog right and the fog kind of like was just perpetual at this point um after we did leave the cabins before we got to those fields though we did have a little bit of hiking down to do um we were like at a higher level so we had to kind of like slowly descend through some rocky stuff i remember Um, that yeah it wasn't too bad no it wasn't bad at all but it was there was some descent there yeah oh i remember at this time like we were all sort of like like every five minutes it was like okay now i'm stopping to make a restroom right i'm stopping to make a restroom right, like right. it was like, like constantly i remember like we had our water bladders mm-hmm. which i think i had like three liters of water with me yeah on my back and like i was it was gone when we got to the car yeah and then carrie and casey both had like water bottles mm-hmm. that they had done i don't know like half or three quarters of the water yeah by the time they got to the end and it was like Maybe maybe I should like exercise like how much water I'm drinking, and then right. I was like, or I could just like drink as much as I possibly can, right? And I pee think, everywhere, and just pee everywhere, right. and that's just that. <laughs> so and that's my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But we're walking through these fields, and okay, here we go. Hawaii volcanoes. We had not seen any nene. No, there was no. We had seen all the signs, but we had not seen any nene. No, it was a and tease prior to such a tease. Prior to this day, or prior to this moment, we had seen a whole bunch of other birds that we thought were Nene. We're like, oh, that's Nene. And mm-hmm. we're all, we're taking photos of them. We're like, oh my God, this is Nene. And wrong. <laughs> Fene. Wrong. Fene. Mm-hmm. And Nene was hiding. Mm-hmm. It was not there. And Nene was elsewhere. Over in the distance on this tiny little mound, there were like five Nene. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh. Those are Nene. Right. And we took lots of pictures of them. And mm-hmm. we were very quiet because we did not want to scare them. No. They and were uh, they were far away. This they is, were we far away. We close weren't close to them. We weren't very close to them. And we were on the trail taking this photo. Right. And these this photo, um, this trail was, felt like we were in the fields. Mm-hmm. And it was very flat. Yeah. 
Now, there were still lots of fog all around us. Right. And then occasionally, right to our left, the fog would open up a little bit Mm -hmm. and you could see what was happening over to your left, which was just like these beautiful sloping green mountains. Yep. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then they would close up. Yeah. It was just like a curtain opening and closing. It was just like a curtain opening and closing. And I do remember there were trail runners coming the opposite direction. And they had music on and it scared the hell out of me. They had music on and it scared you. One of them, (laughs) one of them wasn't very kind. One of them was a little like, excuse me, move, please move. And it was like, honey, like everything's going to be fine. Right. You need to just breathe. It's okay. You're going to make your interval time. Yeah. You know, run as much as you want, but kindness first. Right. You know, we're sharing these trails. Yeah. After we carefully and very slowly pass that mound of Nene, we keep sort of like hooking around to the end of what I'll call the fourth leg of this trail. Yeah. We did not quite make it to the end of this juncture because on the map, the trail is broken up by these stars that star these different junctures. This part of the trail was 2.6 miles. However, this part of the trail was definitely like two very different landscapes. Yeah. And we were about to discover the second part of this landscape right here in this moment. After we kind of like hook around, like Dusty was saying, to this point, we get to a fence and the fence is actually, there was a sign there. I don't, I didn't take a photo of it, but it was I basically like, please close this fence. Like keep, keep this fence closed. Um, essentially, I believe that we were able to unlatch it pretty easily, but then basically this is where the trail just totally changed on us in like an instant because we were really walking flat for the middle section of the trail. And now we had to climb way back up. The trail transitions from being a trail that is walking through a field Mm -hmm. into a trail that is climbing up the side of a mountain. Yeah. So you're going from these beautiful green lush fields into this incline. And this incline was steep. It was a very steep incline. Now, I remember Casey telling us that there was going to be a part at the end of the trail that felt that was sort of like triggering if you have fear of heights. Mm -hmm. Because she said when she, the last time she did it, one of the people that she was with was so terrified that she actually like crawled Crawled on her hands and knees across that section. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know about that. And I'm like, I do have a fear of heights, but I was, you know, so I am sort of thinking about that. It's in the back of my mind. I'm preparing for a situation like Angel's Landing Mm -hmm. for this moment. Um, Because she was like, yeah, I don't think there are chains. I don't think there's anything, but I don't remember it being too bad. Mm -hmm. Is what she said. It was like, okay, great. So I am, I'm trusting that that's going to be the case this time. So we start heading up and the incline, like you, we were gaining a lot of feet really fast. Yeah, we were. Well, there was, it was switchbacky. It, it was, was well, really it was absolutely switch. It, now yeah. we're in like mountainous switchbacks. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the switchbacks of like a Yosemite Falls yeah. kind of situation at the yeah. beginning. There's not like trees on either side. No, like there's ferns. There's, there's a lot of ferns, ferns and like low shrubs. Right. But the thing was, it was super foggy. So like, as we're making our way up, like you honestly, like we look out and I'm like, we we couldn't see anything. Like we couldn't see anything. No. It was just like a wall of mist. Right. We're like, okay, well, that's that. Yeah. Right. And Casey kept saying, she's like, oh, I, I hate that there's so much mist here because it's such a beautiful view from up here. Yeah. If there weren't mist. Right. And this is where uh, we saw Nene was very close to us and also a pheasant. There was a pheasant in the park, which oh, was like right. such a like a weird, it like scrambled so fast up the side of the cliff that I couldn't even get a photo of it. But it was like pretty wild um, to see this just like wild pheasant out there in Haleakala. I remember getting really tired really fast on these. Oh, I think well, we had already yeah. hiked almost the 10 miles yeah. at this point. Like, 
We were feeling it. We, we were, were feeling the wall it. was coming for us. The wall was coming <laughs> quickly. Yeah. And, um, I was like, okay, we just have this 2.6 miles to finish. And then we have, after that, we have like 1.1. And then we're at the car again. Yeah. Like, we were like, okay, okay, okay. We can make it. And I thought like, you know, I knew we had uphill at the end of this, but I thought like maybe there will be some more downhill in our future. Right. So we keep climbing and we keep climbing. And did we, could we like hear, I think we could hear some other people a little higher up. Yeah. We could hear those trail runners with the music. That's because they came, they turned around and went back again. No, they were headed in the same direction. We were, oh, they, came they just from behind passed us. us up. They passed That's us. Right. That's right. Um, and they were kind of running up. But and this is the moment where we're playing one letter change, right. like right and left. Yeah, because we're like, we just need to keep our brains alive and active. We need to keep our brains alive and active. But eventually we start to come up and we're starting to see like sunlight breaking through. So, yeah, sunlight is starting to break through. And we're getting to what, I mean, I would probably say was like the end of this switchback journey. Mm -hmm. And Casey was still like, darn, like, I really hate that we can't see what's out there. Like, this is really like the payoff view for doing this trail. As we were walking up what feels like the final switchbacks, suddenly... The sun just like blows through the clouds and and the clouds clouds part heart and we can basically see everything that we had just hiked we can even see the cabins that we passed and it is the most breathtaking spectacular view i had ever seen Mm -hmm. and we were like look like literally the heavens opened up for this moment it was really really special and it was really cool to see how far we had come because really walking in the mist you have no guidelines or bearings for what's around you so it was like oh so that's what we were like around oh that makes sense in the grander scheme of things like what we're seeing um so it was really really neat and And like seeing those cabins it was like oh damn we've hiked a long way just from those cabins um it was like a big wake up a long way up too Yeah. yeah and it was in this moment it made all of that like very very intense quick uphill like all worth it Mm -hmm. it was like oh it was absolutely worth it to be up here right now oh god yeah oh my god that's one of the most spectacular views i have ever seen yes ever of anything and just like that it went away it was like like so fast i mean it was probably open for like two minutes yeah or something like and we were snapping all the photos that we could yeah and then I think I snapped a whole bunch of photos and then I was like, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm just going to take this in. Mm -hmm. And, and we all stood there and we just took it in and then, and then, yeah, as quickly as it came, it got covered up again. Yeah. And from there we just continued up and we didn't have that much further to go up. At this point, we're getting to the part where Casey was like, Oh, this is that part. My friends like crawled at and we both looked at it and we're like, Okay, and it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't too bad. No. I looked at it, and I felt fine. Also, you, part of that may have been, hey, there's no way you can see to the right or left you of you because you're in the clouds. Mm-hmm. So I think that may have calmed I mean, us a little bit. we're talking like it's like 10 to 15 feet wide. Yeah. You know, but it was like a drop off on yeah, either side. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know that at this point, I was the last one in the group because I was exhausted. I was like uh, dragging my feet. Oh, no, no. The girls were like way no, ahead of us. I was the last one okay. in the group. No, you, I'm the Mary and n- you're the Rhoda. You're the Rhoda. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. They were way up ahead. Okay. And then it was you. Yeah. And then it was me. Oof. And I felt like the slow poke at the end of the line. And I just was like, I will get there when I get there. <laughs> I will get there when I get there. Yeah. Here's the thing that I quickly realized is that no, the end of this trail did not have any downhill. No. It was just uphill. All uphill. So when you look at this map and you look at the final two legs, one of which is 1.1 mile long and then the other, which is 2.6 miles long, you are going uphill 
for all 3.7 of those miles. Right. That trail brings us to the top of that mountain area. Yeah. And then we essentially ascend over the, the like mountain area, which leads us to what is essentially the sloping side of the mountain. Yes. But you still have to go uphill on the trail to get to the parking lot. And I remember when we turned the corner and we could finally see that parking lot, it did not feel like, oh God, there it is. Yes. It felt like Jesus Christ. (laughs) Take the wheel. I can't believe we aren't closer right now in this moment. Yeah, no. I I think we were all just so tired. When we finally got back to that parking lot, I collapsed Mm -hmm. on the pavement. Yeah. I think we also need to give ourselves a little credit. This was our second day, like in a six hour time difference, like, Oh yeah. And we had fully hiked the day before. So I think the exhaustion was just already like there in our blood. And this as fun as a trail as it was by the end, I was definitely like, okay, I can be done now. And yeah, we merrily crossed the, like the threshold from the trail to the parking lot. Oh my and God. We were I was so excited. So ex- I was so, I was so tired that it was like hard to be excited. Yeah. But those college guys were there at the end and yeah. like, and that gave three, you a boost. I guess they did. Yeah. <laughs> three of them were just as exhausted. Yeah. And then one of them who sort of looked like, you know, their default leader, their default leader. I was going to say like their, um, their drill sergeant, um, was sort of like, okay, let's get up. We have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we got into Casey and Carrie's Casey car. Casey and Carrie's car, and they drove us up to the summit to get the car that we had left there. And with that, let's take a break. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Cher DeRoad. Okay, so this is a last name that's like D apostrophe R O A D. Cher de Road. Right. Okay. Who is Cher de Road? Okay. Can she not be a derivative of Cher? She I, can even though her can. name is Cher, I, I don't want her to be a derivative of okay. Cher. I want her to be her own thing. Okay. Okay, Cher de Road. To me, Cher de Road feels like um she feels like her color palette is inspired by various traffic signs. Okay. Like if you didn't know it, like you wouldn't notice it, mm-hmm. but, but like she has like a red and white one, like a red and white outfit and, or she has like a yellow and black outfit. Mm-hmm. And then she could also have like a green and white outfit. Right. Right. That's sort of like what I'm feeling. Okay. What about you? So simple colors. Simple colors. Simple Simple, simple colors. Clear. Just like a just like a road sign. <laughs> just like a road sign. She is a traveler. She takes her act on the road. She is not someone that stays in one particular city. Um, she is always on the move. And I do feel like I just feel like she has a convertible and she always has the top down and her hair oh. is blowing in the wind as she's driving. Oh. Yeah. Is it like an act that you can see? If you like happen to be like driving next to her and traffic next to her. Oh, so maybe potentially this is interesting. Uh huh. Oh, so that her act is literally like from the back seat of the convertible. Oh, so like someone else driving is driving, around, right? right? Her, you know, mm-hmm. her chauffeur, right? And she's just doing her act from you know sitting in the back seat, the way yeah. like you know someone waving in a pageant mm-hmm. who's won a pageant and right. is in a parade. Right. But with a lot more action happening. Right. 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 She's telling a full story. She is a whole story. And she has like scenery and mm-hmm. she has special effects all out of the backseat. Mm-hmm. What kind of songs does she lip sync to? Oh, I feel like this is a good question. I want it to be poppy, but I feel like there are, I feel like she's, takes inspiration from Cheryl Crow. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. But I want her to sing I Want to Soak Up the Sun, but like mm. a like a pop like a poppier version of it. Interesting. Um, I could also see her like doing Taylor Dane. Okay. You know, like the kind of badass pop singer girl from the eighties who like was on a car when she would you know, sing part of her song on the mm. music video. 
So I feel like the car is also a reference to that. Okay, I got it. Does she have some big hair then? Enormous. Enormous. Absolutely enormous hair. Teased to the gods. For the gods. Yeah. The higher the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> so, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Cher DeRode. Casey and Carrie bring us back up to the top of Haleakala to the summit. And we had you know, really good conversation on the way up. But I think we were all feeling the exhaustion at this point. So we were about ready to just like kind of plop and be somewhere and not have to do anything else. When we got back to our car and after bidding them farewell, we were sitting in the car and just literally snacking as much as we could. That's when we saw that pheasant walk over the... The nene. Like, it, was like, was it, was, it was like a fake nene. It wasn't a nene. It was a fenene. It was a fenene. <laughs> Um, walk across the stone wall. <laughs> um, and there was a family, like we had the car doors, I think, open um, and we were just sitting and there was a family that was like, hey, do you mind taking our photos? It was like a big group of like 10 people. And we're like, sure, no problem. And we got to talking and they were like, oh, where are you from? And we're like, oh, we're from New Jersey. And they're like, where in New Jersey? And, and they were all from Middletown. Yeah. And they were all like very close to where Dusty in between where Dusty and yeah. I live, basically. So that was kind of fun. Again, like synchronistic. Like here we are on the top of a mountain on an island in the Pacific and meeting people. Who live spitting distance. Yeah, spitting distance. So they were really kind. It was really nice to meet them. Um, and then we got back in the car and then we had to drive back down through the clouds, mm-hmm. back down into Maui. Right. To um, the Airbnb where we were staying. We were staying in this tiny little town called... Uh, Paia? Yes. Yeah. Paia. Yeah. And our Airbnb had a number of different rooms in it, mm-hmm. but ours, there was no air conditioning at this Airbnb, but there were... But it got cooler in the evening and there were giant fans. Well, didn't we discovered that that was very typical, that air conditioning is not a big thing? It's not a big islands. thing in yeah. the islands of Hawaii. So um, we... Um, yeah, we called we, that the House of Wind. <laughs> house of Wind. <laughs> because it was fans on all it sides. It was fans on all sides. And like we we discovered that in the middle of the night because yeah. like we woke up and there was just like wind everywhere and we <laughs> right. were like freezing and we were like, okay, this is why they don't have air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that evening we um, walked out into the streets of Paia. We found a lovely spot to eat that, that Casey, Casey recommended. recommended. Yeah. And we got some shave ice. Mm-hmm. We walked to some stores. Yep. And then we like called it a night. We were exhausted. But we were like, well, we have some time before our flight tomorrow. Our flight was at 11. Yeah. And we had been trending that we were waking up like unbelievably early. So we were like, we'll probably wake up at like 5 a.m. and just feel <laughs> Which awake. we did. Yeah. Um, so what will we do then? So you suggested... Let's ride a little of the road to Hana. This was something that basically everyone had told us about. Casey and Carrie were doing it, and Casey had done it before from being a resident of the island. My cousin had been to Maui before. She was like, oh, you should do the road to Hana. We knew that we didn't have enough time to drive the entire road. We also knew that there were so many stops. Like, apparently you can get like a very good like guide that I think it's a blue book guide. It will tell you like, okay, so here's this signpost here. Okay. Park at the, park your car and then like walk a hundred feet. There'll be like a, a little opening. It doesn't look like anything, but go down that and there's a waterfall. So we did not have enough time to explore the road to Hana. This is like an all day event, but we wanted to drive a little of it and kind of see, we decided we'd drive out to like a middle point Matt would give us enough time to get back to the Airbnb to shower and get to the airport and still, you know, feel like we weren't being rushed by anything. And it was really incredible, especially to go so early in the morning because there weren't a lot of cars. And that's a good thing because this is where we were introduced to one lane bridges and where I was the driver and where you also are dealing with hairpin tur- hairpin turns and curves the entire time. I feel like I did very well. I will say that. I um, think that you did very well. <laughs> it was a little anxiety ridden like the entire time. There was one, I think it was the three, like the triple waterfall. There was something along the way 
that it was like, oh, it's not open until nine. But there were so many cars that were just parked there. And it was clear that people had hiked out. And it was really like you had to do it on the way out because there was no parking on the way back to do it. And the road to Hana is literally along the edge of the shoreline. Mm -hmm. Like you're just riding this road all the way around the edge of the island. And you're just getting beautiful picturesque view right. after beautiful picturesque view with every turn you make. Right. So we were like, I would compare it to like the Pacific coast highway, like in California, right. but the Pacific coast highway is a, a little bit different. The road to Hana is like smaller and windier. Right. So we kind of made it out to this one point that was, so we were on the North side of the Island where we were staying and we ended up about midway out on the road to Hana. I think we were at Kiane, which we went to the Kiane lookout. That was about, I would say a little, only a little further on the North side of the Island from where we were, we were still like that direction. We were like trending Northeast at this point. So we weren't really that far out. It was maybe like 45 minutes of a drive. And we got out. The ocean was so incredibly rough. It was crazy. And we were able to just kind of walk around a little bit in this little village and see a little of what the Rotahana was like, and which there was There were great. some right at the water. There were a bunch of crabs mm-hmm. that I caught on some video that were just like moving all around. They were beautiful Mm -hmm. and birds. And yeah, that was definitely a moment of like, just breathe and take this in. Yeah. Because it's just perfect. Yeah. So it's definitely something I would like if you have the time and, you know, we were, you know, had only a day in each of the islands for the national parks. Leaving here this morning to go to Kauai. Yeah. So if we had planned it, Again, I think we would have probably planned for a second day in Maui just to be able to do the Rotahana and also the other part of the national park that's closer to the shore because we didn't get a chance to to do that either. But honestly, everything that we saw, including the the sliding sand trail, was perfect. Um, I have to say, I have to say, yeah, I'm gonna be bold here. Okay, this trail in mm-hmm. Haleakala National Park even though that those last 3.7 miles, I wanted to just punch something in the face. <laughs> that was my favorite trail in any I national know, park told me so that. far. I know. I know, like, actually my favorite trail. Yeah. I mean, and that is, it's like beating Peekaboo Trail in Bryce Canyon. Yeah. Which is like... Or Devil's oh. Garden. Well, yeah, you loved it. I love Devil's Garden, mm-hmm. too. That's more of like your love and your bread and butter mm-hmm. is Devil's Garden. But um, that Channel Islands Trail, I love that one, too. Mm-hmm. But this one just took it for me because of all of the changing landscapes. Yeah. I felt like I walked through six different worlds. Yeah, you're right. And that will make me never forget Haleakala National Park. Let's put the Sliding Sands Trail on the Karen Stone Scale. Now, it is true, calling this in like as a whole, the Sliding Sands Trail is not, not technically, technically accurate. That is just a part of it. It goes, you know, it also connects to the Halamau Trail. And, um, and that's technically the trailhead or where you would park your car at mm-hmm. the end. So um, collectively, we did a number of different trails that connected. Mm-hmm. But to put all of them together, yeah. Um, what would you give this, Michael? I'm going to say a six because I feel like it was, while it was beautiful and there were flat parts, there were a lot of challenging parts too. Um, and the length of it also makes me feel like it is deserving of a six. I'm going to go with seven okay. because of that uphill at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Punch something. That with the face. uphill at the end was brutal. It was. Especially because like you were just like, can I please catch a break? Can I please catch a break at yeah. some point? Yeah. And it never happened. Not yeah. until you got to the car. Yeah. So that was 
exhausting. And so I give it a seven, which makes it a 13 out of 20 Karen Stones. Yeah, that's a high one for us in that the last a few high episodes. one for us. Yeah, but that's good. It's all good, but also amazing. The greatest. Yeah. Literally my favorite trail that I've encountered in the National Park Service so far. It's time for Jeopardy. It's time for Jeopardy. Do you want to start us off, Dusty? Actually, I think you should start us off. Okay. All right. So my Jeopardy is called National Parks Rhyme Time times three. (gasps) Oh, you said you were going to do something like this at some point, and you Mm. finally did it. So it is a three-part rhyme. Okay. One of the parts will include a national park's name or part of a national park's name. Got it. So, for example, um, not that this is one of Acadia, the parks. Acadia, Sure. Something like but that. But no, like, not that North Cascades is one of the parks in here, but it may be, like, Cascades and not got the it. whole name. Got, got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So, and these are not all parks that we have been to, but some of them we have. Okay. All right. National Parks Rhyme Time for 100. The way you would describe this rail-based mode of transportation in this Alaska park named after North America's tallest mountain, if it catered only to people who were all involved in multiple consensual sexual relationships. Okay, so the last one is Polly. Right. You said that... um, A rail-based mode of transportation... Is train not what train. rhymes with Polly? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Trolley. Oh, trolley. Uh, Mount Dolly Holly Polly. <laughs> it's a Denali Polly trolley. Oh, a Denali <laughs> Polly trolley. All right. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. Get ready this for this. This is hard, but this we're doing hard. it. All okay. Right. Great. All right. I'm. This one's a little easier. I think this should have been one hundred. Okay. The appearance of this king of the jungle from the nation's 50th state in this Utah park named after the kingdom of heaven would make quite an uproar for many reasons, least of all the fact that it is a non-native to the state. Well, it's the Zion and Lion or Lion, Mm -hmm. but it's like a, but it's something about the 50th state, which is Hawaii. Mm -hmm. What was the thing about the 50th state? From this nation's 50, from the nation's 50th state. Oh, uh, a Hawaiian Zion lion? Yeah, or a Hawaiian lion in Zion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love this. Okay, great. Okay. Let's keep going. Great. All right. The solid reasoning behind this Great Lakes Island National Park resident for crafting a lock-based waterway through the course of the island. It's like Isle Royale rationale and there's a word i'm missing a lock based waterway system canal yeah a royale's canal rationale wow (laughs) i know it's a mind bender yes okay yeah all right um okay 400 i'm so impressed the description you would give to a white-faced murder for hire type who only committed his crimes in california's volcanic national park Lassen. Mm-hmm. Assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, White-faced. I don't know. An ashen Lassen assassin. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. All right. And National Park's rhyme time for 500. An unassuming and boring carbonated alcoholic beverage from this Florida National Park known for its snorkeling and scuba diving and not its vineyards. Um, mundane Biscayne champagne. Yes, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so satisfying I'm to get so that glad. one. I was so excited if you couldn't tell me screaming I into could. the mic. <laughs> I was like, I'm following, I'm following, I'm following, I'm following. And I was like, I got to get that first word, but it's boring. Okay, mundane. Yeah, and then I had all three. There you go. And that's Great. National Parks Rhyme Time times three. You did very well for how difficult I, that was. I think so too. <laughs> I am very impressed with that category. Very well done. That was fun to write. Yes. Yeah. Evidently. Yes. Anyway, good job. Thank you. Um, 
My mine is called I was inspired by the Silver Swords. Oh, oh my god, I almost wrote a category about Silver Swords. Interesting. So we were so very close. We were very close. I we know. still haven't written the same Jeopardy I know. yet. My category is called Swords and Daggers. Okay. And um in it I'm going to <laughs> um give you a quote from a Shakespeare play that contains the word either sword or dagger in it and you just have to name the play. Oh, great. Okay. Okay, great. As well as the original actor that played the character. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. I'm joking (laughs) with you. Okay, great. Are you ready? William Shakespeare. (laughs) William. It's only Shakespeare plays. No, I know. That was the actor that played. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, right. I will read you the quote, and you just have to name the play. Great. Okay. Are we ready? Ready. 100. I am my father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, revenge his foul and most unnatural murder. I, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, with witchcraft of his wit, with traitorous gifts, if thou hast nature in thee, bear it not. Let not the royal bed of Denmark be, swear by his sword. What is Hamlet? Correct. Harmlet. Harmlet. Spamlet. Hermlet. That, sh- that could have been a... Spamlet? Spamlet. Okay, great. 200. <laughs> so I hope I was not born to die... On Brutus's sword. What is Julius Caesar? Correct. 300. Oh, happy dagger, this is thy sheath. There, rust and let me die. What is Romeo and Juliet? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, can I tell you a little something about this? I'm a Shakespeare nerd. Yes. Right? Um, so, Shakespeare, um, uh, there weren't directors during like that wasn't like a thing mm-hmm. like a theater director wasn't a thing okay like if so there was the playwright who would write the play mm-hmm. and then the actors would just get the scripts and then like just interpret it figure it out okay. right um and so if that if shakespeare wanted you to do something like a stage direction mm-hmm. which was also not really a thing mm-hmm. they didn't write like do this mm-hmm. and now right then he would like put all the clues to you in the words mm-hmm. so there are these things in Shakespeare called separations where the sound at the end of one word is the same sound at the beginning of the next word. Like if I were to say didn't try, like Mm -hmm. the T sound and didn't Mm -hmm. also starts the word try. Got it. And it's like, it's this little clue to give the actor like, you need to put like just a little bit of space there. Yeah. But there are like a million and a half essays written about like, where does Juliet actually stab herself on this line but if you look at the line there are two separations here oh happy dagger this is thy sheath there rust and let me die so there's the th sound at the end of sheath and there and then there's an r sound at the end of there and beginning of rust Mm -hmm. so the word there sticks out oh happy dagger this is thy sheath there rust and let me die mm-hmm. so it's like she you that is the argument for like she stabs herself on the word there mm. versus rust or sheath or whatever mm. anyway it's just some shakespeare nerdery Got for you it. okay great 400 there are things in this comedy of pyramus and thisbe that will never please first pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself which the ladies cannot abide how answer you that what is twelfth night incorrect they say in on this night in the middle of summer. Oh, uh, what is the Midsummer's Night Dream? Correct. Yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> Five hundred. Great. Ready. Is this a dagger which I see before me, the handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? I see thee, yet, in form as palpable as which I now draw. What is Othello? Incorrect. In this castle that I stole from the king when I murdered him after a prophecy of, from oh, which I was going to say that, Macbeth. Yes, but I Macbeth. But heat-addled brain, I wasn't sure because it takes place in, you know, Othello is in, is Moorish, right? Well, n- well, part of Othello takes place in um, Africa. Yes. And then both the latter half of the play. Right. Okay. But yeah. 
Scotland can get warm. Okay. But it's hot in his mind. Right? I, exactly. He's got that hot brain. He's got the hot brain. I was going to say Macbeth and then I like second guessed myself there. Don't ever do that, girl. I won't. Don't ever, ever do second that. guess yourself. <laughs> Don't ever change. <laughs> Never change. Never. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original artwork featured on Instagram and our website is by Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. To see images from this episode, follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. To learn more about Haleakala National Park or any of the other parks on this podcast, visit our website at gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Haleakala National Park, we were on the traditional lands of the Kanaka Owevi people. Thank you.